I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife, Radhi and I would go on our adventures, I'd meticulously plan out our itineraries and book our accommodations in advance. It's like a yearly tradition that we do. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to every step of the way. Whether I want to be a simple guy nestled in the countryside or be the stylish and modern guy in the heart of the city, Booking.com never fails to offer a wide range of options that perfectly suit your preferences and they have everything you need to turn your travel dreams into reality, offering accommodations here in the US. Plus, the ease of booking through the app makes the whole process a breeze. So trust me when I say, when it comes to planning unforgettable getaways, Booking.com is where it's at. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking.yeah. Herbs have been a huge part of my wellness journey. Thanks to my Indian roots, My mom introduced them to me and I saw firsthand how they worked wonders for both body and mind. And when it comes to keeping my digestion in check, slippery elm bark and ginger root are my go-tos. Our sponsor, Nature's Way, has over 50 years sourcing these herbs and many more that can promote digestive health. Visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs and use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements through June 30. Terms apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I was drugged and just, like, missing for, like, seven hours. I didn't want to find out what happened. I want revenge. Her EP is called Everything to Everyone. It's Renee Rap in the Middle. Let's give her up. I was shamed for so many years for being so hyper-emotional and crying so much and, like, getting angry so fast. I just am so afraid to celebrate myself and then be, like, slapped in the face. I don't want that. I value, like, being very true to how you feel, whether that's a good feeling or not. That's powerful. Before we jump into this episode, I'd like to invite you to join this community to hear more interviews that will help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. All I want you to do is click on the subscribe button. I love your support. It's incredible to see all your comments and we're just getting started. I can't wait to go on this journey with you. Thank you so much for subscribing. It means the world to me. The best-selling author and host. The number one health and wellness podcast. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every single one of you that keep coming back every week to listen, learn, and grow. Now, you know that the conversations we want to have on this platform are conversations of the heart and soul, conversations of the mind, conversations that help us become better, live better, evolve understand our authentic selves and share that journey with our friends. And today's guest is someone who I believe has been on a roller coaster of a journey and trying to navigate that and manage that with grace and with contentment in a way that I'm excited to explore today and get curious about. Today's guest is Renee Rapp, and she knew she was born to perform ever since she was a kid. Renee's career took off when she landed the coveted role of Regina George in the Tony-nominated Mean Girls musical on Broadway. Shortly after, Renee found widespread recognition and praise from the likes of Harper's Bazaar and The Hollywood Reporter for her performance as Layton on the HBO Max series The Sex Lives of College Girls. 
Big fan over here. Renee then <laughs> turned her attention back to music, sharing her threadbare insecurities on her debut single, Tattoos, and the multi-hyphenate entire debut headline tour sold out in a matter of minutes. Her inspiring single, Too Well, has impacted the top 40, and Renee's discography has amassed over 200 million streams and counting. And today we're talking about her new work, which I can't wait to dive into. Renee, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I honestly... I feel like you've been through so much change, so many, <laughs> you know, career paths. And then I was like, yeah. you're so young as well. And I was yeah. like, wow, like it's so much that you've been through. And I guess my first question is, how do you feel about where you've landed now? Like who is the Renee today? What version of this is you? How are you feeling? Yeah, My manager and I were just talking about this in the car. Every couple months, I get into this like new wave of like, where like something really settles in where I'm like in a new level or I feel like personally I'm at a new level or I'm at like a different level of visibility. Typically in the past, it's felt really good. Right now, to be honest, it feels very um, scary in like a lot of ways. Just like in a, I'm really aware of myself all of a sudden. Um, so I love the changes. I feel very grateful right now um, for everything I've, done and hopefully knock on wood or whatever continue to do but the new the new <laughs> the newness and the new levels when they come it it knocks me yeah. it knocks me what's scary i am becoming much more aware of how people perceive me mm. and whether that's um good or bad or in between I feel some kind of way about it. Mm. And I'm trying to like let that go really bad. I'm trying really, really hard. It's not been working. <laughs> I'm like, we had like a bunch of like stuff come out this morning about like the album. And granted, this is all like fairly good news. But I like immediately just started having such an anxiety attack because I was like, oh, I just don't want anybody to ever speak about me again, which is exactly why I'm here today. <laughs> and exactly why I keep doing this. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's never really sat with me before in that way. Like this really hit me about a week ago where I was like, oh, I've actually chosen to like have a very visible life. Mm. It just really hit me to be honest. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, in my own small way, I can relate to that as well. Oh, in, in my it's own a, world. It's like, the same it's, thing though. What's really interesting is I think from the outside in, yeah. a level up looks quite, at least from the way I perceive it, my sure, opinion. Sure, sure, sure. I think from the outside in, most people's careers level up look very orchestrated mm -hmm. and manufactured mm -hmm. when in reality they're a lot more organic yeah. and they're a lot more natural. I think so. I think so, especially like... Especially, of course, I'm, I'm such like an internet rat. Like I really have to get better about like not reading everything. I'm I'm so bad at that. I like commend people who are good at being like, I'm going to turn my phone off and not take this to heart. I cannot do that. I care so much and I got to let that go. Mm -hmm. um, but I... I definitely feel that way because I read things sometimes, again, that I shouldn't be reading, but that are so interesting to me. Like somebody somebody the other day called me an industry plant and I was like, bro, I wish I was an industry plant. I was like, that would be amazing. <laughs> I was like, that would be iconic. I was like, if like my father was like some like industry mogul, that would be lovely. He went into like medical sales. Like he didn't help <laughs> me out like that, you know? So yeah, it's always, it's always interesting. And I find it really silly and funny, but yeah. 
Yeah, and then it must be hard. I mean, obviously, I think everyone's seen it. The video where you sadly have a stalker coming up to you and Drew on set, on stage. Yeah. And then it's almost like, looks like you've been notified and you kind of see it coming and then you're protecting Drew. Like, I mean, like when you have moments like that happen, does that almost make you feel more vulnerable and susceptible or? I feel like even to say it out loud, it sounds so silly. And so like, woe is me. But I really was so weirded out by that whole thing. And I, that's not to say that like, it, it shouldn't be. I just like, I don't know. She's such a G and she's such a pro and sadly has probably had that happen her entire life. I've never been in situations where that has happened to myself, luckily, or anybody around me. That was so scary. I, I, cause I don't know, like you never, he had like a bag on him and I was like, okay, I just don't know where this could go. Also, I'm, I live in fight or flight just by the nature of having so much anxiety so, like, when you see me, like, twitch in that video and, like, go, it's, like, half of, like, A, I'm, like, a pretty, like, <laughs> transparent person. Like, if somebody, like, scares me, you're going to know. And also, B, like, that was so jarring for me. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I've just never been through anything like that before. To me, I'm, like, I know it sounds very woe is me and silly, but it did scare the hell out of me. Yeah. No, it was very weird. Fully understandable. I, yeah. I'm glad that, you know. It didn't go any further than it did. Same. And yeah, it's always worrying. Again, I think it's the unpredictability of it. I was reading a study that was saying that mm -hmm. humans would rather know mm -hmm. 100% that a bad thing is going to happen as opposed to have a 50-50 chance of it happening or not happening. Oh my God. Yeah, probably. Right? Like we, we would rather know that something bad's going to happen rather than live in this world of like, it could or it couldn't. Yeah. Like that uncertainty. You've been doing this for a long time. What yeah. parts of your anxiety have you got better at dealing with and what parts of anxiety are like still just flaring up? <laughs> well, it's funny because I think that I, I get what you're saying because 100% of my decision-making happens before I do something, like this morning, right? Like when like chart data or things are coming out about like the album, before anything was even posted, published, out there, whatever, I had already made the assumption and was already like, okay, people are going to be upset about this. This is going to be not real. And I've already decided that it's bad before it happens so that I've, I can prepare myself to at least not be so disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely do that. Uh, and does that help? I actually don't know. I don't know because for everyone around me, like all they say is like, we really want you to enjoy things. And like, we want you to be having fun and we want you to be able to celebrate yourself. I just am so afraid to celebrate myself and then be like slapped in the face. Mm. I don't want that. I would, mm. I don't know. And I don't know if it's not great to say I would rather live in a state of like, just like chilling and like hope that nothing horrific happens, but be prepared if it does. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's better or worse. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I don't, I don't think there is. I just wanted to know whether know. you feel, yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to enjoy things a little bit more. <laughs> I'm not really there right now. I still, I still, I think have like the same anxieties as when I started. It's just more that I'm, I'm much more aware of how I'm perceived now. Mm. And you feel before you just weren't aware. And so. Yeah. I just kind of was like, oh, this is me. I'm so out here and don't care and whatever. Yeah. Um, I also was just so hungry to do this and to be doing music that it was just like run for it. Mm. And now I kind of feel like that I'm embarking on whatever music looks like in my life, I'm much more nervous about it. Um, maybe just because I'm in it mm -hmm. and experiencing it, but it's definitely weird. 
It's definitely weird. <laughs> do you have to do you have to turn down the outside noise when you're creating and when you're making? And are you able to do that, or is it just so hard? And it's not something that I really think of when I'm creating. It's something I think of when I'm acting. Mm. I'm more so thinking about like for me, like do I feel like I'm doing the best I possibly can? I'm so hypercritical of myself when I'm writing that I'm not even worried about another person because I don't even have the space in my brain to think about someone else's opinion, if that mm. makes sense, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which I guess is nice. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds good to me. It's a little nicer, yeah. <laughs> it's bad when I write like a really bad song though because yeah. when I write a bad song, like my like worst critic is myself and it's like, oof. What's what's the thought you think you repeat the most at those times? That I will never write another good song again. It goes to that extreme. Oh my God, in yeah. two seconds. And that everybody around me is lying to me. And that everybody who is kind enough to work with me and um, put their time and energy toward things that I really want for my career and how sweet that is, that they're all making ginormous mistakes. And this is all a leap of faith that they've taken that they're going to regret. Mm. Immediately jump into that. Totally. And then how long would you sit in that for? A long time. A long time. Like this morning, again, good things were happening. And I was just like, in my head, I'm just like, they're all lying to me. I'm like, there's no way. Mm. Mind you, these are people who I trust and love yes. and who are giving up time out of their lives to work toward a goal that I really want so deeply. Mm. Like these are lovely people. It has nothing to do with them and everything to do with me. But yeah, I sit in that all the time. And then what gets you out of it? I just keep going. Like resilience and also just, I want it so bad. Mm -hmm. And I also like, I want to succeed for myself, but I also really want to like prove to everybody who is working with me or who believes in me or even like consumes my music from two seconds of a song to like listens to everything I put out. Like I want to do well for mm -hmm. those people. So I don't know, maybe like drive, things like that. Yeah. Fear of failure really motivates me. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> Do all of these characters in your head have names and voices and hers and his and theirs? My God, they're <laughs> all, they're all, they're all me. They're just all different versions of me. Yeah. Like the like fear of failure is like me as like a kid. Yeah. I think. Cause I like, I used to set like such obnoxious goals for myself as a child. Like, and it would keep changing. I would be like, if I'm not Beyonce by the time I'm 18, I have failed. Wow. Insane. Yeah. And it, it used to be things like that. I used to be, and, I, and when I was really, really little, I'd be like, if I am not on Disney Channel by the time that I am 13, I might as well just end it all. Like mm. they were just such extreme, extreme things. Mm. Um, so they're just all different versions of myself that yeah. just kind of coexist or lack thereof yeah. <laughs> they don't have that <laughs> and do you find yourself still repeating those audacious goals even now or oh my god every day yeah every day and they're they're let's be clear they're things that i'm not necessarily proud of like no no i get that yeah yeah it's coming like, across yeah, yeah I get it. okay fabulous because yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sometimes i'll like say something and i'll be like no no, no that's not how i like feel that is what i think though mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um like this morning like these are great things that are happening yeah okay and like we we had like a top 10 like debut album and everybody's like this is amazing and in my brain i was like i could have done better like mm -hmm. all i could think of in my head was like i could have done better and mm -hmm. i cried and I like beat myself up and then I like kind of came to and was like oh no this is actually like very exciting and then I would like go back down again 
You know that movie Talladega Nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. of course. Yeah. Where he's what like, a great reference. Yeah. I was thinking like, this. If you yeah. ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Like, that's all I think of in my brain, which is so silly and so stupid. And I wish I didn't feel that way, mm. but I really do. Mm. I really do. No, hearing you explain it, and I want to clarify what I was reaffirming with you mm-hmm. was hearing you explain it is a really good breakdown of how I think so many of us think. Totally. So hearing you articulate it with so much clarity, yeah. I'm listening going, I know there are times when I think exactly the same way Absolutely. as that. And I know everyone who's listening is yes. going in their own way sure. are thinking the same thing. And yes. we all know how debilitating that is because now number two is the same as 99. Yes. And it makes no difference. And by the way, 99 is great, but 99 right. is not, you know. We're exactly. Looking, so it just keeps going and it's it's a perpetual cycle, which can be so paralyzing. Insane. I also would never hold someone else to the standard that I hold myself. And I'm very aware of that. It doesn't change how I feel, sadly. Mm. But I never in my life would say to somebody if they were like, my debut album debuted at 5,600, whatever. I'd be like, that is amazing. Yeah. What an incredible amount of work, blood, sweat, and tears you and so many other people around you have put into this. And this is an accomplishment that you should celebrate for years and years on end. Mm-hmm. And believe every single word of that. For myself, I'm like, could have done better. I should have done more. I'm just immediately like, what should I have done better? Which is silly. Yeah. But it is kind of like a human thing, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's that almost, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like, that's the same mindset that will make you improve and get better. But it's the same mindset that can slow you down and drain you. It It is also the life set that I have been like praised for by like, adult figures in my life since I was very young. That's where it comes from. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I don't blame anyone or think this is like a negative thing that somebody, you know, put in my brain, but I do always think of it. Like I used to like finish like basketball games or like any sort of competitive thing that I would do, whether it was like sports or like some like showcase Mm -hmm. for like singing. And like my first like comment from like my parents who I love and who are so supportive. But my first comment from my parents would be like, okay, what could you have done better? Mm. Even if I would have like crushed. Mm. And so like, that is honestly my thought every single time, which in a way is really great. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm always like trying to make myself better and also like hold myself accountable for places that I, um, slipped up, could have done more, didn't, do enough. Yeah. But then also it becomes this thing where you just like beat yourself up for every little like tiny place you could have had a little celebratory moment and congratulations internally that you then don't have. Yeah. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. It's almost like taking that question. Mm -hmm. If all of us were first asked, what did you do? Great. Now what what could you have done better? Oh my God, it'd be great. Like it just positions it so differently. Like if someone said to you, what did you do? Great. And you as a kid were like, I think I did this right. And I think I got this right. And I think I did this right. Now you've celebrated. You've got a moment. What you were just saying earlier, you've had a moment to celebrate and Mm -hmm. know yourself and know that you've won and that you're powerful and Mm -hmm. and great. And then it's like, okay, well, what could you have done better? And now it's like, okay, now I have. Absolutely. Happy balance. Exactly. Whereas if you don't have the, what you did great, you only have the critical, judgmental, questioning. Oh my God. When I first started doing therapy, I was 20. So this is like maybe three years ago now, three and a half years ago. And I will never forget, like they would, therapists would like ask me, they'd be like, okay, what is something you like like about yourself? Or what is something you're proud of that you do? And I could not for years like answer that question 
at all. I would just start sobbing mm. every single time, every single time. I was just like, I cannot compliment myself in any sort of the way, mm. which sucks. Sucks. <laughs> How about now? I can. I can. I do, I do a better job of it now. I do what a better would it job. be? I love the people in my life really, really hard. That's Very amazing. glad. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. You found yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, Yay. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you've attracted them. Yeah, yeah, and, and they've the attracted you. Yeah, yes, it's like absolutely. it's it's a two way thing. It's like they're 100%. around you because they love you and believe in you, and you're around them because you love them and believe in them. Mm -hmm. That's that's special. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm I'm gonna definitely miss you on uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. Like, I, I, your character is awesome. Me and my <laughs> me and my wife watch the show all the time and absolutely loved it. Thanks. What what you were just talking about earlier, like acting was actually a space that made you feel a lot more. Yeah like anxious and everything. Was that the reason to switch over or what was it for you that made you go, you know what, I need to step away? No, I mean, to be honest, like I inevitably like one day I'm like very excited to, to talk about it. I can't say a ton about it being with the SAG strike. That being said, acting to me was always just so scary. It was just so scary. It was just something I had no confidence in mm -hmm. and thought I was just so, so, so terrible at. It was something that came later on in my life, at least to this point, later on in my life, I was like 18, 19, that I just didn't think I could do. Mm -hmm. And it became like a really amazing opportunity to like get people's attention, to pay attention to me, to do music, right. which I didn't feel like I was getting when I was younger, or at least it was harder for me mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. but I just really, really wanted attention musically. Yeah. And I wanted to like get signed and do like the whole thing. And when acting became a conduit for that, I just was like, well, okay, I guess I got to do this. Wow. Like I would be silly not to do this. Yeah. I still felt Oh, so incredibly insecure around it. I just was like, I cannot do this. I was like, I'm going to get fired from any job that I have mm. when it comes to acting. So it's something I've developed a love for now, later yeah. on. Actors are so, so, so thoughtful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So thoughtful and so like careful and articulate. And like you really have to like rid yourself of like the judgment. Mm -hmm. And I struggle so, so hard with that. Yeah. So it's it's just something that I was always so insecure about. That's actually a really powerful lesson though. Yeah. And I'm glad you shared that detail because most of us have one goal and we think mm -hmm. there's one path to it. Yeah. And we're just walking in that direction. And often yes. that door doesn't open at a certain age, at a certain time, yes. at a certain point in life. Yeah. But we don't realize that a pivot at that point, mm -hmm. doing something that you're even massively uncomfortable with. Oh my God, so uncomfortable. But that's actually helped and been a productive and proactive use of time as an investment in Absolutely. doing what you really want to do, which I love that as a life lesson. Like Absolutely. that's incredible. That's huge. Yeah. No, it's it's been the best. I've like, not only like in a, in a career sense, have I grown so much and learned so much and been able to work with really incredible people. I've also like met like my best friends in the whole wide world, like my best friend in the planet I met on a TV show, Aaliyah. And, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's, it's given me a lot mm -hmm. and it's been like a really, really big catalyst for my music career. Mm -hmm. And that is not at all lost on me. That's fantastic. Yeah. What, what's been your most difficult insecurity to channel in music? Like what's been the hardest thing to actually communicate and express? And why do you think that is? 
it's interesting. I feel like I express most of my insecurities and things that I think yeah. pretty well and it's pretty openly. Absolutely. No, I think you do. That's no, why. totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But even though I do, I still constantly feel like <laughs> I'm so not communicating anything well, anything at all, even though I know I do that. You know, like mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. the entire basis of like my like songwriting is like exactly how I feel and like letting that go again, whether it be something I'm like proud of this thought and opinion I have or whether it's something that I'm not proud of. But at the end of the day, that is how I feel. And that is my art. And that is the reason why I put it out there. Whatever. I still judge every inch of it so harshly. Like I cannot let it go. Like I wrote like a bunch of songs on my album and I'm really like proud of the things that I said and like proud of the place that it comes from. And then I'll panic about having written it and be like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. That was so stupid. Like, yeah, I was just like sending the wrong like message or something, or am I, you know, going against everything I believe in? And then I'm like, no, that is actually just like how I felt in that moment. Mm. And like, not everything I say is like Bible and like how you should live your life. Please God don't. <laughs> but like, it, I don't know. I, I communicate it all yeah. and I'm proud of how I do, but I don't let that just be. Mm -hmm. Like I, that just never exists. Mm -hmm. So I can over communicate as much as humanly possible and still be incredibly insecure um, about what I'm saying mm -hmm. or like how it is received. Absolutely. I couldn't be more excited to share something truly special with all you tea lovers out there. And even if you don't love tea, if you love refreshing, rejuvenating, refueling sodas that are good for you, Listen to this. Radhi and I poured our hearts into creating Juni Sparkling Tea with adaptogens for you because we believe in nurturing your body and with every sip, you'll experience calmness of mind, a refreshing vitality, and a burst of brightness to your day. Juni is infused with adaptogens that are amazing natural substances that act like superheroes for your body to help you adapt to stress and find balance in your busy life. Our Super 5 blend of these powerful ingredients include green tea, ashwagandha, acerola cherry, and lion's mane mushroom, and these may help boost your metabolism, give you a natural kick of caffeine, combat stress, pack your body with antioxidants, and stimulate brain function. Even better, Juni has zero sugar and only five calories per can. We believe in nurturing and energizing your body while enjoying a truly delicious and refreshing drink. So visit drinkjuni.com today to elevate your wellness journey and use code ONPURPOSE to receive 15% off your first order. That's drinkjuni.com and make sure you use the code ONPURPOSE. Just sitting with you for a few moments, I really feel like when you do describe what anxiety feels like. Yeah. A lot of the time when people talk about anxiety, it sounds like the, here uh -huh. or it sounds like here. Yeah, like their sure. chest is tight or they feel uncomfortable. Sure. But when I hear you speak about it, you speak about it from here, which sure. really helps because it's kind of like making sense. Yeah. There was one lyric that stood out that I wanted to share with you. Yeah. I'll make it through the winter if it kills me. I can make it faster if I hurry. I'll angel in the snow until I'm worthy. But if it kills me, I tried if it kills me. And when I was... There's a couple of lines in there that I wanted to kind of break down with you, mm -hmm. if that's okay. Yeah, no, please. So one was, I'll make it through the winter if it kills me. Uh -huh. And I was like, when do you feel like you're most in winter? Like, when does it feel the coldest? 
in the moments of me getting so riled up and so um, panicked and freaked out about my career, my family, being a good friend, like when I'm just like really, 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 I don't know, just coming for myself, to be honest, I, I never feel like I'm going to like stop. Like I just always feel resilient in a sick way, honestly, in a way that has really, really, really helped me, mm. but is crazy. Sometimes I think about it and I'm very confused. Like I genuinely don't know where it comes from or like what it is, but like I could be having the worst day of my life and I would still be like, yeah, this sucks. And like, this is the worst day of my life. And I feel like a terrible person. And I feel like I've done something really, really horrible. And I'm still not going to stop what I'm doing. Not that behavior, I guess. No. <laughs> like I'm still not going to stop like yeah. making music or doing the thing that I love. And it's silly now in retrospect, because I get it, like your kids, you say dumb things. But like I would like post these singing videos online when I was in high school. And like all these girls would like go on Twitter and like say how terrible of a singer I was and how I was just so silly and I looked stupid. And I remember that so, so well. And I remember really hurting my feelings. But at the same time, I still kept posting videos. It wasn't like it didn't hurt my feelings. Mm. But I was like, you're not going to stop me from doing the thing that I love to do mm. and that I want to do. So winter is always. <laughs> but winter is resilient. And yeah. Snow Angel as a, as a whole is just full of resilience. Absolutely. What, what makes you feel worthy now? I feel, I feel worthy when the people around me are happy. Which I guess is something inherently that's like, oh, that sucks. Like I should feel worthy when I feel good about myself. But I really do at this point in my life. I feel I feel worthy when the people around me are happy and proud of me. Mm. If I feel like the people around me are happy and proud of me and they're okay, then I feel okay. And that goes for like our like kind of like community and like fandom too. Like if they like things and they feel good, then I feel good. And if they don't, then I don't feel good, which sucks. Mm. I ha I know that's something I have to inevitably work on and find some sort of equilibrium to like be balanced and stuff. But right now it's really just like, it sucks, but it's when other people are proud of me, then I am proud of myself. Yeah. I don't do well finding that internally, mm. which is not ideal. Yeah. Um, but it is like what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and starting from where you are is the only thing you can do. So yeah, being yeah. honest about that and knowing where it's at. Absolutely. And it's interesting both times, even earlier when we were like, you know, what are you proud that you have around you? You were like, yeah, the people. <laughs> and then even now it's like the people. It's yes. like, yeah, it's like, no, it really does yeah, go yeah, like, mm, yeah, anything yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And there's something beautiful in that. And it's the idea that what makes you worthy is that those people choose to be in your life yeah. because they see you as worthy. Absolutely. And that, and it's like, if you can just connect that dot, like it's I like know. that, but then it's hard. you're good. Yeah. But it, it takes a while. It takes a while for all of us. We've all yeah. been conditioned, whether it's everyone around me matters, everyone around me doesn't matter. Like right. whichever way we are, we're all at some end of that spectrum. Yes. What are the experiences in your life that you think have made you become resilient? Like when did that when did you start to look at your life and go, I've been through a lot of tough stuff Yeah, and that's built up resilience. What were some of those events or what was a moment that you felt made you resilient? Yeah. It's interesting. Whenever I start to like, again, like compliment or, or like, like pat myself on the back in any sense of the word, I get so like, my immediate like response to be frank was to be like, 
well, I've had it very easy and da, 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 and I'm good. And don't get me wrong, I haven't many, many ways. But I think that I, I feel like my resilience comes from like two different things. A, like things that I actually go through. B, things that like how I speak to myself. I'm very resilient when it comes to how I speak to myself. Like if I had the the inner monologue that I have that was from another human being, oh my gosh, like that would suck. That would suck. But for whatever reason, I keep pushing through and keep going and that doesn't really change that much, but I keep going. Yeah. But like situations like for instance, like so Snow Angel, which was like the single of this album and is now like the album title and everything, is something that I've like, talked about for for months really just being like okay this is a situation that happened to me and this is something that like I'll eventually talk about but like I want you to like have the song sit with the song interpret it in the way that you need and feel like it can like sit on you so that you have it because like the situation of that song a is something that I pray and doesn't, not something legit that everybody can like relate to in the sense that I went through it, which I'm very glad about. But like that was a huge moment of resilience for me. And even writing the song, I feel like was resilience. And then in a way, holding back from then talking about it for a couple months was resilience. So it shows up in my life in a lot of different ways. But for that specifically, it was January, maybe late January, early February of 2022. And I had just gone through like a breakup and it was really tough. And it was like the first time I had ever been really in love with someone and then experienced like a breakup. And I had always, I had been in relationships back to back for like five years. So my like later teen years were all that. And so at this point I'm 22 and I started like having like freedom in my life kind of for the first time. And I was living here in LA and I was like hanging out in a new group of people. And they were like, they were partiers and they like really sent it, <laughs> really sent it. I like had heard from like my family and like my friends around me that like, this isn't really like a good group. We don't think for you. And that's not to say that these are bad people. Cause mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that people can do bad things and be, still be good people sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. so a couple yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was in this group of friends and we were just like sending it. And it was the first time in my life where I wasn't working. I was fresh out of this relationship. I was just going there. And I think that I had always had to like really like nail myself to the ground. And I had always been just so incredibly nervous. And for the first time, I just like didn't. And I like really let my judgment go mm. when it came to the people that were around me. And we were all out and it was just situation after situation where they were just not trustworthy. And then like the next thing you knew, I was – face up, like laying down in like a bathroom stall in a hotel um, bar, just waking up at like five in the morning, like completely alone. And I woke up and I was like, I was just so confused. And I had like blood on my pants and I was really just like so caught off guard. And I like looked down, I had my phone and my purse and I looked down and I was completely alone in a bathroom stall and I looked at my phone and it was like five in the morning. I was like, what happened? I was like, I was out at like a party with like my friends and I had missed 
two texts from two people that I was with at like 1030 the night before, which was like seven hours had gone by that was like, hey, I guess you left. Like, we'll, you know, see you when we see you. And mind you, I was dating somebody in the group at that time. And so I didn't go to this place alone. And I had like a boyfriend or a situation or whatever, somebody that I was at least with that just was nowhere to be found. And so I still have no idea what happened, no clue what happened, but I was drugged and just like missing for like seven hours. And I stopped being friends with those people and stopped doing as much partying as I was and told my parents, told some of my friends and um, just kind of explained it in like a really matter of fact way. And they were all very concerned and I didn't really even understand what was happening because again, I didn't recall anything that had happened. And then a couple months later, we like really delve into it. And like, I kind of started to like have to like deal with everything that happened um, and was just crying and so upset and very confused and then resentful of those friends that I was with. But all that to say, then like a year later, we wrote Snow Angel and I had been saying to Alexander, who I did this whole album with, like, I really want to write a song about this. I'd recounted the situation so many times. And after like the 10th time of telling like a group of people that you know through maybe just music sessions that you were like drugged and you have no idea what happened and you were like kind of into drugs at one point, but you don't really want to talk about it, but you do want to write a song about it. And then just being like, then you kind of stop wanting to write that song mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I just won't write anything about this. Um, and then eventually Alexander like came back to me and was like, I really want to write that song that you were talking to me about. And I think you and I should just do it together. And I was like, okay. And then we started writing it and it was just the two of us. And frankly, the whole time we were writing it, I felt nothing nothing like I was explaining all this stuff and I was like yeah and you can like reference like the snow as whatever you want to reference it as and things like that and I felt nothing at all until we like had recorded the song the whole thing was done and I played it for a bunch of my friends and my manager and everybody was like this is insane but for me that whole year of my life was inherent resilience because not only was I like fighting through an experience I have no idea what happened to me, lost friends, felt like I couldn't go out with anybody and trust anybody, and then was like trying to explain the situation in a way that I understood it, but I didn't really understand it, and then wanted to write a song about it and wanted to write an album about it, but was also afraid to be judged for having something like that happen to me. But it's also like, what did happen? So it was a whole thing. Up until we decided to like name the album Snow Angel and have that be the song, that to me was all resilience because I was just like kind of cold face, like fighting through everything. And I still don't really know how I feel about it. Mm. I just know that I feel weird and very resilient. Mm. Did you find any subscriptions you forgot about or any you paid for twice and didn't realize it? I personally experienced this where I received an email that said I paid for a subscription for an app I'm not even using anymore. Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had only about five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for eight subscriptions each month. 
Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never-ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancelled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. And I love that I have full control over all my subscriptions and I can see it in one place. So if I see something I don't want anymore, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash J. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash J. Rocketmoney.com forward slash J. On Purpose with Jay Shetty is brought to you by Booking.com, Booking.Yeah. Many of you know that one of the most important aspects of my life is my connection with others. Travel has become one of the best ways for me to connect with people, whether that be my community, my family, friends, or loved ones, or all of you. Most of my family lives outside of the US, so traveling around the holidays, birthdays, or other special occasions is something that we're accustomed to. As we grow older, oftentimes our families or loved ones end up living in different areas as us, making it challenging to get together due to various schedules and commitments. With Booking.com, I'm able to efficiently book travel and accommodations for everyone in my family so that we can spend quality time together. They also make it easy to book travel for the various types of travelers in my family so that each person in my family can authentically be the traveler they want to be, no matter the destination. Once a year, my family takes a trip together to a US destination where none of us live or are visited. We find this helpful in making sure that everyone is truly present and able to unplug from their normal routines, resulting in more meaningful conversations and connections. Experiencing new places with those close to you allows you to bond over a shared experience. Booking.com's breadth and variety of accommodations in the US has made the destination selection and booking process not only easy, but fun. Travel can also foster new connections. Visiting different cities has allowed me to build connections with all of you, my community, most of whom I've never met in person and otherwise would have not crossed paths with. The in-person relationships that are built and strengthened through travel is something that each of us can benefit from. Book whoever you want to be on booking.com, booking.yeah. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. That's resilient for sure. Yeah, that's resilient. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I mean, have you ever been able to piece anything together from the night or not at all? Like just nothing. That's that must be so... It's almost like so disconnecting from Very yourself. weird. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, no, I have no idea. And I just stopped 
talking to the group people. I was like, I don't, I don't want to know what you know or don't, or what you claim to know or don't know. I just Mm. wanted to let it go. Yeah. What, what made you trust them in the first place that you now look back as a red flag and go, I should have been aware. I really wanted to have fun. I really wanted to have fun. I had just gone through this breakup and Mm -hmm. I had just changed a lot of my life and I had just, you know, become visible in like a different way Mm -hmm. in the career thing. And I just wanted to like party and have a good time. I didn't go to college and I didn't have that experience like to like let loose and just like chill. And these were people that I saw were really partying too much. Do mm-hmm. a point. And I just, I wanted to have fun. And I wanted people who knew none of my friends, who knew nothing about my life, who didn't know my ex, who didn't know two exes ago, who knew nothing about me. And I was just like fresh new into the group. Mm. I don't know. It was just like, it was exciting to have a group of people that just did not care yeah. about anything else other than partying. Because I cared so much about everything else. Mm. I wanted that like level of just like escape and not dealing with it. And then I just escaped too far. Yeah. How did they react when you kind of started to disconnect? To be honest, like it wasn't a big deal. Like it was, it was nothing to them to lose a friendship like that. It was, it wasn't a big deal to them. And that's, you know, whatever. I guess the only time that I ever heard like anything was like when I started to like really release music and started getting more attention for it. Somebody was like, hey, you know, I would love to talk to you about like the time. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. No, you don't. No, you don't. And I feel like that person obviously, I mean, you don't just disappear like randomly. You just don't. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, I could be way wrong and silly for thinking that. But um yeah, it wasn't a big deal to them. Mm. It was just nothing. And I've I've made peace with it to just be like, okay, if that is how you react to something like that happening to me, then you don't value my life, friendship, and safety um, in the way that I would value yours. So it's best we just part ways and then we just never really talked again. Mm. That's hard as well to like. Yeah. Yeah, how does that feel to you now? <laughs> Um, I trust people really fast. And then when I don't trust someone, I don't trust them. Mm. And I think it's very jarring for people around me um, sometimes, but I'm good at letting go. Very good at letting go. And I don't know if that's something that I'm really good at because I've been burned one too many times. I mean, I would rather be like with my group of friends now and like not be at risk to like, be left alone and hurt and have whatever happened happen, then like be with those people. Yeah. I think I'm doing like pretty good in my life where I don't really feel like I need that. Mm. And also the idea of like wanting to party and have fun is not a bad thing. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's like, it's almost like, it's so that wanting to have a great time and your intention yeah. is just like, hey, I've got through this breakup. I want to party. I want to have fun. Like, yeah. that doesn't seem like a terrible thing. And no. So and and I also, I was worried about how my friends and people who were immediate in my life would like view me for then having all this have happened to be like, yeah, okay. So I was out with this group of people, X, Y, and Z happened, whatever. I was very scared about how that would look. How did they respond? 
they were at the time they were much more worried than I was aware mm -hmm. of what was happening. Cause I really just brushed it off. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think I was just in like, kind of like a fight or flight thing. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well this happens. Got to move on. To be honest, the next weekend I went to Coachella. Like I was just yeah. like, okay, whatever. Um, my friends were very concerned and were really weirded out and were, I guess, talking like amongst each other more so than to me, but we're really protective. Did you feel like you had to move on fast in order so that people didn't take it too seriously? Cause you wanted them to be okay with it and you didn't allow yourself to feel it yeah I also really didn't want to know what happened mm. I didn't want to find out what happened and still yeah nope um mm. and in a way I kind of do because I also am like vengeful to be honest and I like in a way want to know like who let what I you know um but also I was just like okay move on. Like, I don't want anybody to see me sweat in that way. Cause then that would be admitting that something mm. bad actually did happen to me. And I've never had anything specifically like that happen to me before. Mm. And I thought it was a very, like a, a long shot of an idea. Like that's something you hear about happening to like girls and people out who like get drugged and things like that. And that's not ever something that would happen to me. Mm. Um, so I just, I wanted to move past it yeah. quickly. Yes, that denial as well. Of Absolutely. Like, yeah, don't want to get there. Absolutely. How has that changed your way of now having fun and being able to go out and being able to trust? Like, how has that impacted? I have better friends now. Talk I'm, about that group. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very lucky. Um, I have good people in my life. I also am really, I think I'm a more like honest version of myself. Like, if I don't trust someone, they will know. Mm -hmm. And odds are they won't really be around me. But also like, I used to want everybody to be my friend so badly. And don't get me wrong, I still kind of do. Um, but I like, I wanted everyone's approval in, a, in the worst way when it came to a friend group. I don't necessarily feel like that anymore. Yeah, I feel like I got taken advantage of, obviously, a lot in many ways. But now I don't really feel like that happens to me as much. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like, how far are we willing to go away from ourselves to get someone else's approval? Oh my God, I would have yeah. ran to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Mm. Once you made that song, uh -huh. how did, as you were saying, you were trying to put it in and you were trying to get yeah. your team finally, Alexander, you said? Uh -huh. Yeah, finally like, you know, understood and was listening. And how did it then feel to put that out there in the world to then obviously you've talked about it with your family, your friends, and now for everyone to hear it. How did that feel? It was honestly weird for the first couple of months because I was like, I, what I wanted was for the song to live on its own mm. and have its own kind of existence without my experience attached to it mm. so that people could take it in in a way mm -hmm. that they weren't listening to the song and feeling like pity for me mm -hmm. in a way. I wanted everybody to have their own experience with it. Because again, this is a very specific song. Sure. I also, however, would find myself like getting so frustrated, like, <laughs> like wanting to like talk about it and just like blurt it out before I was like fully like re not ready to, but like before I was ready to like actually like make this like, okay, this is a thing. Now the album is out. It was like a weird back and forth. Cause also I'm still very like angry from the situation of course, as much yeah. as I want to like move past it and push past it would, it would just float between like. I really like nobody knowing what this is about. And also like, 
I want revenge. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. And and revenge for me is just like talking about it, Mm -hmm. I guess. But yeah, it went it went both ways. I am, however, really, really, really glad that people got to sit with it and take their kind of experiences with it. But it was really interesting seeing people's interpretations of the song (laughs) because somebody was like, oh, my God. Yeah, when it's cold outside, it's brutal. And I was like, yeah, girl. (laughs) Like, that is amazing that you feel that way. I was like, art really is subjective. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird for a minute. It was so weird. Have you ever had people reach out to you and tell you about their experiences of similar things happening or? Nobody has, and not that I've seen anything because I don't even feel like it's really suggested incredibly in the song but um unless you like know Mm -hmm. um, you won't know yeah you won't know but I have however had um had a couple people talk to me about like their own experience with because these are people who have been through some sort of like drug or alcohol related like thing Mm -hmm. or what have you and been like hey like I really really like this song for my own reason. Mm -hmm. And I've been in and out of XYZ situation and this has been really helpful for me. And there have been a couple of times where like, obviously I haven't like said anything, but like, you know, when you're talking to somebody and you're like not saying exactly what it is, but like you can kind of both tell in each other's eyes that Mm -hmm. there's like something much deeper happening Mm -hmm. than what you're both saying. It's that kind of like camaraderie and like, I see you without like saying it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's which has been really comforting. It's sad that you can connect on that or understand each other. Absolutely. But but at least you feel understood and held in that moment. Mm -hmm. Totally. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, it's like it's just Oh yeah. It's just I mean, you know, I think that whenever we go through things go through things where we don't have control and we don't have Mm -hmm. consciousness even um, you know, what to speak of control, it's yeah. It, it's so disconnecting from the self because mm-hmm. you were disconnected from a, from a period of time from yourself. Mm-hmm. What have been the things today that you feel connect you to yourself? Like what are the things that you love to do that make you kind of, you know, smile and laugh and, you know, <laughs> bring joy to you? I um, I love talking to people. I love talking. I'm, I'm such a like extroverted introvert. I, I really <laughs> like... I relating is my favorite thing in the yeah, whole yeah. world. And and whether it's like actually relating or having someone else or myself feel understood, even if it's not necessarily relating, I love that. I love writing songs. Writing songs is my greatest weapon in this life. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And I also, honestly, the thing that I like love most in my life right now is like, I love watching my little brother grow up. That's kind of like a complete segue, but yeah, yeah, he's like, he's only a couple years younger than me, but he's like totally my baby. (laughs) And so I'm like really trying to like cherish watching him like grow up. So yeah. Again, it's like all the like people connections. I'm like, I love the people in my life very much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My my youngest sister is like five years younger than me. Uh And so I remember like, when she was born, I remember holding her Ugh. and she's getting married in oh my like God, a stop. month and she's 30 years old, 31 Aww. now. And it's just like such a, you know, it's, I feel crazy. the same way. Like she's like my baby and my yes. baby's getting married. Like it's, oh my it's, God. A, it's a crazy feeling. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Were you like a, like a, like an emotionally, ava- it's kind of an invasive question, I guess, but were you like an emotionally available older sibling? Older sibling? I have a really good relation with my sister and like Tight. she sees me that way as well. Okay, and great. so yeah, definitely. I would say I was. Good. And good. I would say that as she got older though, I kind of intentionally, I wouldn't say distanced myself, yeah. but I intentionally gave her space to 
build up those skills herself. And okay, so I that's started. That's smart. I'm not doing that with my brother. Well, you still have time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm like Charles. How do you feel about yeah. everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually very smart. Yeah, I just realized over time where it was like I didn't want her to wait to wake up one day if I wasn't around or whatever it was, or even right now I live across you know the world. Right. The idea that she didn't have the tools and skills herself, and I was really trying to help her build those tools and skills herself. That's cool. And I'm really proud that she's been able to do that. And it's taken years of sure. doing that. Sure. But it's almost like I wish, it's almost like when, you know, when you first start riding a bike, you have the stabilizers yeah. and your parent push the bike. Yeah. And then your parents stop holding onto the bike and you just have the stabilizer, maybe fall off. Totally. And then you put the stabilizer and then they get taken off. But it <laughs> isn't like your parent like pushing you on a bike, yeah. like when you're 21 years old. And so I yeah. feel like, it, with mentorship, with coaching, with anyone that I work with, like yeah. the goals always like, how do they develop the tools themselves? Oh, and that's so, cool. What, what kind of tools do you think you're, you're wanting to pass on? Or what are the lessons that... Oh my God. Because there's only a two-year gap, so... Yeah. You're like I, accelerating your learning. Oh my <laughs> God, I know. I, I like, I really want... God, my brother is so much like me in my like worst and best ways. Mm -hmm. I just want him to like not beat himself up so much. I went through so, I, granted, I'm talking about it, I still absolutely do. I don't, however, to the extent that I used to. I used to beat myself up into bad, bad places. I, it was tough. Like I, again, like I couldn't sit with myself. I couldn't say something that I was proud of because it would be, every thought I had would be met with something else I didn't do. Um, and I really want that for him mm. really, really badly. Cause I don't, I don't want, I don't want anybody to beat themselves up the way that I beat myself up. Jesus Christ. It, it, it was exhausting. I can tell you firsthand. It's very exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody else should really yeah. have to go through that. I don't think. What age yeah. was that? Do you think you were like the harshest critic? Oh my God. I mean, I feel like it honestly just started to be honest when I started doing music and when I got signed, like in June of 2022, my life changed a ton, mm. a ton because also I was working in a uh, environment with a bunch of people who were choosing to be there and choosing to show up for me and choosing to help support and, and, and foster the thing that I wanted so badly. And I felt like I had big support. Like I felt like I had big guns behind me, mm -hmm. which was a huge, huge boost of confidence mm -hmm. and also made me want to work really hard to prove to everybody that believed in me and was investing time and, and money, let's be clear, into me um, that I was worth it. And I don't know, I just felt really like uplifted and I hadn't really felt that in a lot of like working situations before. I felt like everybody actually really cared what I had to say mm -hmm. for the first time. And I had never felt that specifically in work. Never. Mm. So it was really nice to have that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's like, we're, we're constantly looking again for that external, just kind of oh like, stuff. Like, just make me, yeah. And, always. And it's hard. And it's always, it's, we're so programmed that way. I write music for a living. Yeah. Like, I make songs for a living for people to listen to. Yeah. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, in a way, that's inherently that. And that's not to say that I don't do it for myself at all. I absolutely yeah. do. But, like, you know. Yeah. I go to a concert to perform not for people to not have fun yeah. and not enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, on Purpose with Jay Shetty is brought to you by Booking.com, Booking.Yeah. Many of you know that one of the most important aspects of my life is my connection with others. Travel has become one of the best ways for me to connect with people. 
whether that be my community, my family, friends, or loved ones, or all of you. Most of my family lives outside of the US, so traveling around the holidays, birthdays, or other special occasions is something that we're accustomed to. As we grow older, oftentimes our families or loved ones end up living in different areas as us, making it challenging to get together due to various schedules and commitments. With Booking.com, I'm able to efficiently book travel and accommodations for everyone in my family so that we can spend quality time together. They also make it easy to book travel for the various types of travelers in my family so that each person in my family can authentically be the traveler they want to be, no matter the destination. Once a year, my family takes a trip together to a US destination where none of us live or are visited. We find this helpful in making sure that everyone is truly present and able to unplug from their normal routines, resulting in more meaningful conversations and connections. Experiencing new places with those close to you allows you to bond over a shared experience. Booking.com's breadth and variety of accommodations in the US has made the destination selection and booking process not only easy, but fun. Travel can also foster new connections. Visiting different cities has allowed me to build connections with all of you, my community, most of whom I've never met in person and otherwise would have not crossed paths with. The in-person relationships that are built and strengthened through travel is something that each of us can benefit from. Book whoever you want to be on booking.com, booking.yeah. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Atna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Atna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I've got to say, herbs have been a game changer in my wellness routine, all thanks to my Indian upbringing. My mum was the one who got me started on them way back when. I've seen how they can do wonders for both body and the mind. One of my favorites is ashwagandha which is an adaptogenic herb that helps reduce stress. I usually take it in the morning with my breakfast and it helps me stay cool, calm and collected throughout the day. Our sponsor Nature's Way has ashwagandha as well as herbs like St. John's Wort and Holy Basil that provide mood and stress support. They have over 50 years of experience sourcing herbs from all over the world in the continents and climates where they grow best. Nature's Way rigorously tests every batch of herbs for potency and purity in their state-of-the-art lab. To learn more, visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs and use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. What do you think that when you were, obviously you didn't, you didn't go to college because you were trying to you know get into the industry you were just saying that mm-hmm. when you were young you wanted to you know figure out the disney thing or figure out this thing yes. or whatever it may be yes absolutely like imagine you were sitting with 10 year old renee right now mm-hmm. what does she need to hear i similar to have lived with a lot of years of beating myself up 
I used to just live with this like inherent like guilt and regret, like the cloud over me, like just in a big way. And I used to think that like, oh, I would tell my younger self to do like this and this and this better or like this and this and this or da 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 I am now like really deciding to like not regret any of it. That's not to say that I don't want to hold myself accountable for things that I've done that aren't great or for things that I inevitably will do that are not good um, or that, you know, don't serve myself or other people. That's a separate conversation. This is more about I'm really so incredibly proud of like such a lively, spunky, monstrous little like 10-year-old girl who was so fearless, so fearless. Like I was a rambunctious kid. I was crazy. I was inviting everybody in the neighborhood to my concerts on the fireplace. I was forcing people to come and listen to me sing. I was screaming for people to pay attention to me. And I'm really, really glad that I did that. And I I would just say, like, do everything how you feel like you're going to. And when you mess up, just listen to yourself that you've you've messed up. Yeah. I would honestly just say, like, everything she did was great. <laughs> Happy to be here in, in, you know, failures and in wins. You've talked about being so self-aware. And you can hear it when you're, you know, when I'm talking to you today, I'm like, there's, there's such an awareness of who you were. There's such an awareness of... Sure. Who you are, what you're feeling. Sure. At this stage in your life, what are you hoping to unlearn for the future and learn for the future? If there was one thing you had to unlearn that you've developed and if there was one thing you had to learn, what would you say they are? I would say something that I would like to learn is how to like, I'm I'm so hyper aware of when I do this in situations and I try so hard not to. Whenever someone is talking about something that they've experienced with somebody else. Like if somebody has hurt their feelings, right? Like if my best friend is talking to me about someone who has hurt them Mm -hmm. or harmed them or done them wrong in the smallest or biggest sense of the word, all I can think in my brain is like, when have I done that in my life? And just start like spiraling down this like, I remember when I did that to so-and-so and and like, I need to call this person and be like, I am so sorry for what I put you through when we were like four. Like, you know what I mean? And I really would like to not, center myself in what somebody else is talking about. And it's not, at least it's not consciously a selfish thing. Like I'm not actively trying to make my friend's grievance about myself. Totally. It's just an but automatic. I do. And yeah. I hate it. Cause then I'm also like, oh my God, now I'm not as present with like my friend who's being so sweet and vulnerable with me. Um, and now I'm doing a disservice to her by, by not you know, listening to her fully and, and being so hyper-conscious of like how I've acted or how I could have possibly showed up that way. I really want to unlearn that. I'm trying mm, so hard not answer. to do that. I hate when I do that. Um, granted, if I just keep beating myself up for it, then I'm going to do it for the rest of my life and then I'm never going to like give myself grace for it. Um, something that I want to, well, I guess that's kind of learning and unlearning. Another thing that I want to like learn or unlearn, I need a little more like internal patience. I need internal patience. I need internal patience and external judgment Mm. really quick. Like I really need a lot of internal patience. I also need to like not give people who have hurt me or done me wrong as much slack. Like it's okay to like say that like, no, thank you. Mm. I'm good at like being done when I'm done, but Mm. it takes me a second. Right. You know, like I think like with that group of friends, like I should have taken maybe two things that happened before I ended up like face up, you know, before that. Yeah. It doesn't need to get to that extreme. Correct. Correct. Those are great answers. Yeah. Those are great answers. How have you, how have you kind of navigated the 
the you know again we're talking about change you've uh-huh. talked about before like i think you were struggling with an eating disorder when you were 10 mm-hmm. you've talked obviously about how you've had the you know the gray area of your sexuality like figuring that out like mm-hmm. how have you got comfortable navigating like the gray when it comes to like eating disorders i think at least and this is not necessarily everyone else's opinion but how i perceive it myself is eating disorders are something that you are always going to deal with and always going to have mm. right and this is not to compare it to alcoholism because it is in nowhere um the same or different or whatever it's not a comparison but it is to say that like with alcohol you can decide to put yourself in situations where there is going to be alcohol there or not or like you are going to decide whether to drink or not you are never going to decide whether you can eat or not you have to you have to and again that is not to like put down or make little of alcoholism or any sort of struggle like that my dad has been sober my whole life but is an alcoholic um and this is something we talk about constantly and try to better understand each other it's hard with an eating disorder that is just constantly going to be around you you have to eat to survive um so that's a constant gray area for me mm-hmm. i feel like i talk about it every day. Mm-hmm. So it's always just like how did I do with it today? Or how am I going to do with it tomorrow? It's, a great mindset, it's yeah. like living in a gray area, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating because I think to myself a lot like I would love for this to be gone, but it is just not something that I'm never going to deal with. If I want to continue to be alive, I'm going to be eating. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have food around me and that's going to make me feel crazy some days and out of control and insecure and really proud of myself and in full control other days. So there's a gray area with that constantly. Mm. When it comes to like sexuality, that's a whole other gray area that like at least for me I over the last like 6 or 7 months have become less gray at least right now. But I think I, this is going to sound so silly, but like I try too. And granted, this is also very easy for me to say because, like, I am a queer person who, like, is still at the end of the day, like, a white woman and is cisgender. And, like, I also am bisexual. So, like, I'm going to be in heteronormative relationships inevitably just based off of being bisexual, potentially. I think for me, it is easy to say, but I try to, like, view, like, the gray area or times when I'm, like, struggling for, like, a label if I don't feel like I'll go through conversations with like my like girlfriend constantly if I'll be like I actually feel incredibly not bisexual right now like and it's it's silly but there are things we talk about all the time both of us with each other and I'm just gonna try to view it as like a little pink area like it's all good it's all cool it's pink it's good it's good whatever it is like if I one day feel like this label or whatever or lack thereof does not suit me, then that's great and that does not suit me. And I'm very fortunate to be able to make that decision and have that not affect my life in an incredibly massive way. A lot of other people are not, but I view it as a little pink area. It's just good. (laughs) I'm trying not to be so angry with myself about it. I struggled to like want a a rhyme and a reason and a label and a season to make sense every single day. And I'm just not there. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people are. So Mm -mm, I think mm -mm. it's fine. Yeah. Like straight people, at least as far as I'm concerned, don't like wake up every day and are like, oh my God, what level of straight am I today? 
And then if you are one of those people, you're likely queer. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're so hardwired to be like, you have to choose an answer. Oh, right? yeah. I think whether it was school, whether it was parents, it was like, yeah. there was always one right answer. You had to figure it out. There were no other options. Absolutely. There was no gray. Yeah. You're either right or wrong. Yes. And so I think we still live in the right or wrong. And so it's really hard to totally. be like, well, if I don't have the right answer, I must have the wrong answer. But yes. I know this isn't wrong because it's how I feel. So then how do I make it right? Yes. And Absolutely. it's so confusing. And it's, so yeah. I love the pink. I love I'm the, pink. the pink. Yeah, I'm that's like, great. This is just a little pink area. Yeah. Like I'm just chilling in the pink. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Renee, you've been so vulnerable, so gracious, so kind with your time today. Uh, I'm so you. grateful to get to know you today. And thank you for letting us into your mind. You know, I really feel... When I was sitting with you today, I was like, you really just kind of opened up your mind and, and let us walk in. And I appreciate that because it's hard to do that. that. And I felt like you opened up some cupboards and some drawers, and some, <laughs> you know. Uh, but Renee, we end every On Purpose episode with a fast five. Oh. These final five have to be answered in one word to one sentence maximum. Okay. I may ask you to expand and I'll let you know. All okay. right. So Renee, these are your final five or fast five. Question one, what is the best advice you've ever heard or received? Integrity over everything. Mm. Okay, great. Second question. What is the worst advice you've ever heard or received? Oh, just stop trying to care. Mm. My God. I used mm. to hear that all the time going on. <laughs> God. Yeah, you are going to care. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now I care more because I care about not caring. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, God. That's a good one. We've never had that on the show before. I like that. All right, hmm. question number three. What's a part of yourself that you're most deeply trying to love? This is very two things for me. First first and foremost, my mistakes, things that I've done that I don't agree with, the things that I've done that I'm not proud of. I'm trying to like make peace with them, I guess is a better word, and do better from them. And second, like honestly, is somebody like with incredible, incredible, you know, lengths of difficulty of eating disorders, like my like body and like the like skin that I like live in and like my like vessel that I just like operate in. Very, very hard for me. So hard for me. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Okay, question number four. What's something that you think people value, but you don't really value? Keeping it cool all the time. Oh, interesting. I'm very pro, and, and this is just who I am. I guess maybe how I was raised or how I work. I'm not sure. I I love to just like let your emotions get the best of themselves sometimes. Mm. I think that's really important at least it is for me i'm very very anti keep it in and deal with it and like try to regulate your emotions mm -hmm. i think that like if you need them to be big in a way let them be big in a way that feels like safe and and careful for like yourself and the people you're around because if not, then that's just mm. so stupid. I mm. was I was shamed for so many years. Of my, this is not a short answer. I was shamed for no. so many years of my life for being so hyper emotional and crying so much and like getting angry so fast. Um, and that is something I just, I don't value the like being quiet and like the mm. controlling your emotions and keeping things at bay. I value like being very true to how you feel, whether that's a good feeling or not. That's powerful. Yeah. And how have you found a way of doing that in a way that it doesn't, you said, you said a statement, you're like, mm -hmm. to be mindful of like, you didn't say mindful, but you said mm -hmm. to be aware of how it affects yourself and people you yeah. love. Like, how do you kind of get that? Because sometimes, like you said, an emotion can be so big, so big. and so real and so, so visceral, but then how do you kind of, yeah. 
How have you found a way to do that? Or at least how are you trying to find a way to do that? I have, in beating myself up less, I'm not like a physical danger to myself, um, which is great because I used to like get really, really, really angry. And like I would like, you know, so many people do. I don't know like what it is or what it isn't. My dad and I have talked about this at length because he said he did the same thing as 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 I did as a kid. But like I would either like like bang my head against the wall or like like hit my arms or things like that or like tweak out or freak out. And the more I've stopped like beating myself up for it and the more I've just been like, oh, these are just things that I feel and I feel in a really big way. And the more I'm around people who allow me to feel in a big way, the less I hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The less I like feel the need to like bang my head against the wall. I feel like if I'm around somebody who's like, oh, this is upsetting you, that's okay that that's a, that upsets you. I don't even get to that point. Mm. So for me, it's about like the company I keep and the things that people are saying to me. Um, that being said, I also know that like certain people in my life, like my mom, for instance, is the greatest. My mom does not like to see me incredibly upset all mm-hmm. the time. And that's not to say she can't deal with me upset, but that is to say that I'm an adult and I know that I don't want to put my mother through turmoil every day by calling her and telling the telling her the 10 things that upset me because she lives 3000 miles away from me and will panic. Mm. You know, so it's like it's about going to the right people and I go to her, of course, but like not in a way that is going to upset her or, yeah. or hurt her day because I, you know, She's my mama, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the yeah. company you keep is important. Fifth and final question. Okay. If you could create, we ask this to every single guest who's ever been on. Okay. If you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? What's a law? A law. What is that? Oh, a, a law. law. Oh, law. Sorry, my accent. <laughs> my accent, yeah. I was like, like a law. What is no, a law? Like folklore. No, like folklore. No, 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 law. law. That is the right a law. law. <laughs> a law. A law. No, no, a no. Law, no, yeah. say law. I like it. <laughs> law. Um, yeah. Uh, what is one law or lore that I, that I would like everybody to follow? I grew up in North Carolina. I grew up in the South. Like I would love a, like a law where everybody was just like not so, um, hateful. Personally, I would love that. The town that I grew up in, like you drive right out of the neighborhood and that's like a dangerous place for like friends of mine to be in. I would love if we just like maybe weren't like incredibly hateful that's a good law mm-hmm. renee rap everyone snow angel thanks. i'm so grateful to have your time and energy and oh, thanks, i know everyone's gonna be you. streaming more and more and i can't wait thanks. to have you back on years from now and to learn more about what you've unlearned what you've learned Love. what you've gained wisdom along the way Love. and to hear about your brother too oh my god he's the cutest thanks, <laughs> thanks. i love it renee thank you so much and everyone's been listening or watching make sure that you tag renee and i with the things that stood out to you the words that came from her that meant something to you. Maybe you've had similar experiences or things you've been through that you want to share back with us. Please do tag both of us across TikTok, Instagram, and across any social media platform that you're using to make sure that we see it. Renee, thank you so much again. Thank you. Uh, You're the sweetest. Oh Oh my God, such a sweetheart. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you love this episode, you'll enjoy my conversation with Megan Trainer on breaking generational trauma and how to be confident from the inside out. My therapist told me stand in the mirror naked for five minutes. It was already tough for me to love my body, but after the C-section scar with all the stretch marks, now I'm looking at myself like I've been hacked. But day three when I did it, I was like, you know what? Her thighs are cute.
Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget.